Miracy. I'm Brendan Kumarasamy, and you're listening to Making It. I'm the CEO of Master Talk, a YouTube channel whose goal and mission is to help every human being on earth become exceptional communicators. And we also help ambitious executives and coaches become top 1% communicators in their industry. I'm born and raised in a city called Montreal. And in Montreal, you need to know how to speak the French language. So my whole life, not only did I struggle with communication, I actually had to present in a language I didn't even know. So when I was in first and second grade or third grade, I would look at the the group of eight, nine, and 10-year-olds and go, uh, bonjour? And that was my life growing up as a kid. So I definitely struggled a lot with communication. So when I was in university, while other guys my age were playing rugby or football or baseball, none of the sports I'm, I'm well-equipped to do myself, I did the nerd version of that, which was presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. And then as I got older, I started coaching people who are younger than me on how to communicate, not really for money or anything, but because we didn't really have a communication coach to help these students do well in these competitions. So I kind of just learned on the fly and helped them communicate ideas more effectively. So the reason why these case competitions exist is mostly, and I wish I could say something really exciting here, but it's mostly just to get a corporate job. And what would happen is a lot of big companies like Amazon, Nike, Walmart, a lot of their executives would sponsor these competitions to recruit the best talent out of the university before any other company grabs them. And that's why I initially started doing competitions. So when I was in my first semester of university, I had this big suit from prom because I couldn't afford anything better as a student. I would go to all these cocktails and I would talk to a lot of the students who are two or three years older than me who had landed big jobs at Amazon or PricewaterhouseCoopers. It's like this accounting firm that I thought was a water bottling company at the time. That's how lost I was. So I started doing a lot more research and I realized that was my ticket out of poverty because I didn't grow up with a lot of money and my parents both worked in factories. So even with the lack of business knowledge or acumen or network that I had, I said, oh, this case competition thing is probably my ticket out. And that's when I started taking this a lot more seriously. December 2018, one of the students, one of the 70 people I had coached for free back then, had asked me a question that no one really asked me. And this is when I had landed my job at IBM. I was celebrating. I had worked so hard to get that offer. I knew my life was going to change. So I was focusing on the next thing. And he looked at me and he said, how did you learn how to speak? And that's a question that I didn't know the answer to because I didn't have money for a coach. I didn't have money for you know, resources like Toastmasters. So I was mostly self-taught. And then he said, oh, come on. Did you like watch YouTube videos around that? So what had happened was after a few people started asking me that question, I started to watch a lot of the YouTube videos myself. And that's when I realized there was a lot of gaps in the marketplace because everything that was in my head just wasn't being talked about or seen in any of the content that I initially saw out there. I started coaching when I was 19. I'm currently 26. But I think the reason I've been able to get the success that I've had quickly, and of course, there's still a lot more to go to help more people, but I think the number one reason was because I put all my hours in, or most of them, into really being the best communication coach in the world. Like, how could I optimize for everything, learn everything, 
so that I can build a deeper expertise than people who have spent 30, 40 years in that industry. I knew I always wanted to be a coach. Like coaching was my calling. It was just obvious. And the way that I knew that was comparing myself to other coaches. And a big part of understanding and being self-aware, to be very concrete here, is it's really about knowing one's weaknesses, not always necessarily one's strength. I found that the people who are the most self-aware that I've met in my life and will continue to meet are a lot more aware about their weaknesses as well as their strengths, not just one or the other, but both. So that way it creates a clear understanding of what we're trying to do. I'm always looking to learn from other people. I would say for me, the biggest catalyst for my growth was my business coach and my business partner, Vamsi. He's the one who really helped me structure the business in a way where I could monetize an expertise I already had, just in a way that I could actually do this for a living. That was the biggest piece for me. I'm always looking to invest in other coaches as well, even people in my own space, because I always like to learn from other people's approach. I'd done that a few weeks ago where I went to Los Angeles to go see what Sean Callagy was doing at Unblinded just to see what I could learn about influence and teach back to my clients. So yes, it's very important to invest in oneself. For me, making it was realizing that I could make a living doing what I love and never have to sacrifice any other area of my life. And for me, that number was 50000 So the second I had passed $50,000 a year in the business as not net profit, that was the moment in my life that I realized I'd made it because I had gotten the one gift that many of us wait until retirement for, which is time freedom the ability to manage our time. And I think that's what a lot of us miss is we think making it is buying a Lamborghini or being able to afford an expensive house. Whereas the, the most expensive thing that you can buy back is not an object, is not a big house, it is time. Because time is the asset that cannot be replenished, regardless about how much money you have. So when I semi-retired at the age of 25, because I'd built the business and you know now everything's going well, I had realized that that was the biggest gift I could give myself, and I don't think there's any other greater gift than that. The best way to be unique, because a lot of us have different formulas, frameworks, is to just listen to what everyone else is saying. Like, it's simple, just not easy. And the reason I was able to know with very a lot of conviction that I had something unique was because I had listened to 700 episodes of the School of Greatness podcast from Lewis. He had interviewed so many great people and this could be done with any podcast, that I just went through all of those 700 people and I just said, oh, like none of them are talking about how the world would change if people are great communicators. People aren't going into their public speaking whys. People aren't talking about X, Y, Z. And I just kept listing out everything I had in my mind that no one was talking about. So I knew what I had to share was unique. And then the other piece of value that I think is misunderstood a lot is a definition by Chris Doe, who's a good friend of mine and the CEO of the future. He has a massive YouTube channel. He's a very successful guy. And he says, the definition of value is tell me something I don't already know. And I feel a lot of people when they build businesses, they're always talking about concepts and ideas that are repeated and washed over, over and over again. Whereas I feel the people who really build meaningful movements and businesses are able, always able to communicate meaningful, actionable ideas in a way that drives success that people haven't either heard before or thought of in that similar type of packaging. The first way of making it, there's kind of three parts to this. The first part 
is making a decision to find one's gift, one's unique way of doing things. And I know for a lot of people, it's really hard to find that gift. But I'd say a big part of it is making a decision to try and seek for it. Once one finds what their gift is, and their gift could be very different. It could be being a stay-at-home mom or dad. It could be building a big business. It could be starting a podcast. Once you find the gift, making it means pursuing that gift in the service of others. But there's also a third part to making it, which I think is the most important piece, which is after we find the gift, are we not just cultivating it, but rather creating space for other people to find theirs? And I feel that's the part of my life where I'm slowly transitioning into, is can I create and use a lot of the thought leadership and the success that I've built to create a space for other people to find their gift? And I don't think there's any better way of making it truly is when you help other people make it and achieve their dreams as well. I'm Brendan Kumarasamy, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me on YouTube at Master Talk. In one word, you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas, or you can visit rockstarcommunicator.com where we host free trainings every few weeks over Zoom. See you soon. Making It is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.